to the Teacher Gamer Podcast. I am your host, Zach Reznicek. Join us as we shine light on the passionate work and cutting-edge techniques of the most playful educators on the planet. Episode 2 of the Teacher Gamer Podcast. We listen in on the Teacher Gamer Revolution 2021 meetup. Joining us, Aaron Vanek, Mark Hode, and Peter Jung. Three professional teacher gamers who develop RPGs with great care to heighten empathy, expand social-emotional life skills, and champion neural diversity in their community and beyond. We talk about the past, present, and future of RPGs with a thematic focus on challenges and accomplishments. What went right this year? What changed? What were the difficulties? And other questions such as, how do you find other teacher gamers in your school? How can we make schools into puzzles and play environments with either device-driven or non-virtual RPGs? And how do RPGs invite opportunities to reconcile failure? And we tackle the multi-headed Hydra, can RPGs move from after-school programs, camps, SEL, and leadership classes into transdisciplinary learning in schools? Starting with his admiration of Spider Jerusalem's dedication to Truth to Power, Aaron shares his journey of science and coding in LARPs, designing social-emotional LARP summer camps such as a secret academy for girls that can travel through dimensions RPG, that uses social wearables to foster community and competency in STEM subjects for middle grade girls. Bringing his admiration for Samwise Gamgee's loyalty and devotion, Mark shares his decades-long experiences running adventure LARPs and renaissance camps, his personal quest to help teens sort through ethical dilemmas, how to generate age-scalable RPGs as an approach to guiding teens to stand up for themselves, to deal with consequences, and ultimately to make decisions that are win-win, and expressing his admiration for the deeply rooted kindness and beautiful heroic path of Boromir's human corruptibility and ultimate redemption, Peter shares his experience and wisdom working in applied RPGs in school groups, therapeutic groups, social skills groups, theater groups, subject matter groups, foster care groups, and his focused work on using RPGs with autistic learners. Thanks again to John Schroeder for his music on the podcast. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the Teacher Gamer Podcast. We have Aaron Vanek with us. And we're start. We're kicking off the uh, annual Teacher Gamer uh, Meetup, and uh, I have done it at two times during today. This will be the first one, and then in about eight hours, I think I'm doing another one that's mostly like uh, Asia, Africa, Europe, Australasia, um, where actually it looked like more people did actually sign up. So, so I'm I'm actually I'm in Bali right now. I'm in Indonesia. I've been with my family here uh, about eight years we came over here to um i came over here to work at the green school and to change our family's living uh situation so we could try something different we were living in canada and uh, we were living in montreal and actually you have the golden gate bridge behind you for our listener or listeners uh aaron uh, i i actually moved from the bay area uh in 2000 to uh to live in montreal and, uh, did you anyway, like Montreal better? Is Montreal better? Is Montreal worse better? or same? <clears throat> oh, it's it's different. Definitely, definitely different. It's a it's a whole different, especially because of the the climate. That's a major major factor. So it puts you in uh, puts you into heavy seasons, and it puts you into a winter submarine that lasts for about five months, where you really go down deep, uh, and it, you can't get away from it um where at least living in the bay area you know you could you could go south for heat and you can go north for more more seasonal action there's kind of no getting away from it when you're in montreal but um at the same time people really love to um enjoy their spring and summer in a in a in a different way than than uh you know in california where it's there seems to be about two seasons Mm -hmm. yeah well, there's fire season, 
two weeks of rain, mud <laughs> season, and summer. Those are those are at least the Southern California there you seasons. Go. There you go. And uh, yeah, yeah, so so uh, let's jump. Let's just jump right into it. And um, I, the idea for me is to do a check in. So anybody who does join us, I'll have them do the same. Um, if you wouldn't mind, Aaron, just to give us a little bit about background. And by the way, I haven't met you, so that's um, it's nice to meet you. And uh, and uh, yeah, just if you could give us your your full name and um, <clears throat> two two words to say how you feel right now without you don't have to describe why uh, just like how you're feeling and uh, a piece of gratitude from your childhood would be lovely and then uh, lastly a character who sticks out to you uh, one of your favorite story characters and three inner qualities that you admire about them that would be a nice way to kind of kick off a little bit okay about okay. you okay there's a quiz coming up <laughs> um Make sure I get these right. Um, was there something before two words? Yeah, I, I on put how it in. I'm feeling. I, I put it in the chat if it, if that helps. I did not get this. Oh, um, I have to. Do I have to re? I have to rechat it. That sucks. Okay. Damn it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Oh, it was, yeah. When people sign in, I'm not gonna see it. Right. Okay. No. Um. You, it would. I was gonna say you um, whiteboard it. You can I put it on whiteboard. whiteboard. I was gonna do that. Or just put the like, chat. Yeah, yeah. Now the idea was, um, yeah, your full name. I just threw oh, it back okay. up there. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so my name is Aaron Bannock. Hi. Um, how am I feeling right now? I'm getting slightly hungry, and um, placid. <laughs> um, uh, that's all good. Um, oh, not your body state. Okay, emotional yeah. state. There you uh, go. All right, emotional state. Um, uh, Placid's pretty good. Placid will stay. And um, pl pl uh, and abiding, because the dude abides. So I am placidly abiding. Love it. All right. Um, all right, number three, something you're grateful from your childhood. Um, depending on how child, um, hmm, I want to say something that happened when I was younger, but it, it wasn't childhood unless you consider college being childhood. Well, go for it. If it comes, <laughs> like if to, your I have mind, to, go... if it comes to your mind, that's the so, best. Yeah. So I was going to mention this just because it came up. So uh and, and it'll probably be relevant to any kind of discussion that we generate when i was in college uh ucla um i was part of the science fiction club at ucla enigma its name was enigma science fiction fantasy fan club social club and we did larps um and uh, a, a lot of them and our system of larps were uh one shots they weren't campaigns and we had a lot of different um game masters designers running them um our pattern was basically like saturday night six to midnight ish but it was any genre mechanics were different and i didn't realize i mean i did like 10 years ago but it came up again because i was talking to my wife about larping how grateful i am that the system we got was not a single system it was different systems every time so I was able to kind of get a whole di bunch of different ways of doing LARPs, content, genre, mechanics, all these different ways of doing it, which impressed upon me the possibilities of LARP. And I wasn't locked into one system where I'm playing the same rule set over and over again. And I personally just and the, the renewed uh, um, gratefulness that I had that and there was no reason we did it. We just like you run it now. Now you run it. Um, I think had a very good outcome and impression upon me and my future, um, gaming and LARPing and everything like that. Um, okay. Number four, name one of your favorite characters from a story <laughs> and three inner qualities you admire in them. Um, favorite characters in a story. Um, and happy fiction. Um, I'm going to go probably with a default because i have the action figure sitting here uh spider jerusalem 
from the Transmetropolitan Comic Book Series by Warren Ellis and Derek Roberts, Robertson. Robertson, nice. I think that's right. Um, uh, which is uh, basically Spider Jerusalem in the comic book series Transmetropolitan is a takeoff of Hunter S. Thompson. He's a real character that I'm fond of. I, I like Hunter Thompson's writing. Um, and what I admire about um, Spider Jerusalem in the comic book series is basically um, dedication to the, the truth, uh, truth to power. Um, I support that, take, taking on, you know, the president in this case, um, that, that he has a desire to get uh, his, his um, the voice, give, giving a voice to a lot of people who are voiceless. So I admire that. Um, and uh, his, his uh, way of channeling anger, Spider's way of channeling anger. Because <laughs> um, there's a lot to be angry about. And I think he, he's able to channel it in good ways. And um, his use of swearing <laughs> his, his, his literary form. So I really enjoyed I haven't read him in a while, but I really, really enjoyed the <clears throat> Transmetropolitan series when i read it it was after it came out but um nice but uh yeah so i, I, I actually want to dig a little deeper because we, i mean you know it's just the two of us here and um i yeah there's so we could go this this could be a huge conversation right here but i i'd love to hear um especially for those who have never heard of so or or don't know of or haven't explored uh, Spider Jerusalem. When you say he has this um, way of channeling anger, what is that? Um, so uh, in the comic book series, um, Sp Spider Jerusalem plays a reporter in kind of a cyberpunk. So if you, you, know, if you think of like a cyberpunk genre, um, he's a reporter. Um, so very similar to Max Headroom, uh, those of you who are familiar with the Max Headroom uh, TV series, but he's more—he's a journalist, a written journalist rather than a video journalist, as Max Headroom was. And there's a lot of abuses that still yet continue in that day and age. Um, uh, so there's a number of story arcs. Uh, it's a continuous story, comic book series. I think it went 75 issues. I can't remember. It did end, but I'm going to say like 75 might be a little less. But there's a lot of things that would kind of upset Spider Jerusalem that he kind of looked at his pen, quote unquote, he's typing on a keyboard, but his pen is as, as, as a weapon and words as weapons, although there is violence in it and he would punch stuff. But the idea is how to channel words and language in such a way that it motivates people to change things for the better or removing problems like either awareness of a problem or possibilities of changing problems or, you know, exposing something that was hidden. So it's, it's an anger. Something would bother me and get really angry about it, but rather than necessarily, you know, doing a weather underground method of bombing them or assaulting someone, although that happened, um, or he'd use his bowel disruptor, um, he would write a story about it. And it was like, you know, how can I use words, the English language in this case, to affect the emotions of people in such a manner that they, you know, together are able to stop something kind of in a peaceful way. How you can shame, you know, authorities into doing the right thing um, or something like that. So it's, it's, it's how, how can we take this anger instead of internalizing it, but actually how he was able to bring it out. Now he had a column and he had the talent of, of assembling words in such a fashion that he could do that. So he's able to do that, but, and a lot of us don't. And so that's why there's a lot of people who get very angry about things in their lives and don't necessarily know of genuinely constructive, helpful ways of, of using, you know, the talents they do have to make things better for them and for society. So I admire. Nice. and he did it with swearing <laughs> so you know it was funny nice what what other uh there was a an artist and a writer who who made that series and what other yeah warren is, what, yeah go ahead warren warren ellis 
E-L-L-I-S, and Derek, I believe it's Robertson. Uh, and it's Derek was D-A-R-R-I-C-K. It was kind of a weird Derek spelling. And I, be, I want to say Robin, I believe it's Robertson. And if I'm wrong, sorry, listeners, I'm sure you're correcting me right now. Interestingly enough, interestingly enough, Derek Robertson, the artist, um, went to high school near my high school, not at my high school, but like one that was a couple miles away. And he started a comic book, his own, that the local comic book shop that I went to um, published. It was called Space Beaver. And so Space Beaver, it was kind of black and white indie comic, right in the same Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle wave of, of things. And so he's drawn it, Space Beaver, in this comic book guy. He's a comic shop I always went to to get my comics. He was always pushing, buy Space Beaver, buy Space Beaver. And like, well, it had good art. It was cool art. But ultimately, like I, I was in a Transmetropolitan and I loved the art. And then I kind of looked up the artist. I'm like, oh, my God, this is Space Beaver artist. <laughs> So I never met him, but I thought it's so funny. This little indie comic that my local comic book guy helped this artist that I totally love working on this series that I love. Like, wow. was that, I, I just love that connection, you know, from childhood. I love like, it. Oh my God, this was Space Beaver guy, <laughs> the Space Beaver artist. And so, and so the, the use of swearing uh, in, in, the, in the Spider Jerusalem uh, comic, is, is that kind of the same that all characters coming from uh from what warren ellis and Derek robertson or or who i don't know if it was always yeah it's team, adult but... okay sorry sorry they're they're more they're adult mature reader comics it was under the vertigo imprint of dc okay. comics trans metropolitan um so you just like the authenticity so, uh, of the language yeah i mean it's not it, it's the thematic things and stuff like that 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 um, because it follows to what um, Hunter Thompson, right? Yeah, that's, so, that's what I was I mean, going to say. Yeah. yeah, so it was following Hunter Thompson's sort of thing and, and dealing with, you know, serious stuff. Um, it wasn't superheroes, although there was like magical, quote unquote, like technology level because it's, you know, hundreds of years in the future sort of thing. And it was one where, hey, we have all these real cool things, but we still have problems we still have the same problems you know humans are still humans and someone's trying to screw over someone else for whatever selfish purposes you know and right. what do you do what do you do in that so yeah so it was realistic and a lot of the stuff was really i think came out maybe in the 90s okay and uh warren ellis the writer seemed really prescient in a lot of things that i'm just like whoa like this this is happening so like 3D printers, mm -hmm. like 3D printers being able to print all this stuff. So in, in Transmetropolitan, they had this thing called a maker, where it's just like a box that's in everyone's home and you have to feed it like this block of material and it will just make things for you. Clothes, it'll make, it'll just make something. Like he right, says, right. and he'll talk to it. It's like maker, make me, you know, I, I need clothes and I need a pair of pants and jacket. And then seconds go by, goes, boop, and then he has a pair of clothes and he'll say, make me you know, these special camera glasses. So he had like these glasses. Mm -hmm. It's like one green, one red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They take pictures. So they're they're like picture taking glasses. That he, and he'll record. He'll record video. And this is like late 80s, early 90s. Like that's, yeah, that's real like as you as you described, it's like real cyberpunk, like where you would start to kind of exchange parts of your body for tech that could kind of do stuff yeah. for you. Right. Yeah. So I was just really impressed with a lot of the stuff that sort of was coming out, you know, in, I think it was early nineties, like 90 to 95 that, that going back now, I'm like, Oh yeah. And that's, that's where we are nowadays. Yeah. Um, he was talking about a presidential election. So there's a whole story arc dealing with the president of America. Yeah. And, nice. and now, you know, we are where we are. <laughs> and so I'm like, Oh, interesting yeah yeah well that's that's really cool I'm, I'm so glad you 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 brought that brought that up because um uh yeah it's all it's all it, i i always love that question i never know what it's gonna bring and uh thanks for for starting us out there yeah. um i'm just gonna quickly post uh you know there's a, a number of people that said they were 
that they were coming to this meeting. So I'm just I'm just jumping on to the to the Facebook to um, yeah. to say hello and uh, and let everybody know that we're live. But yeah, there's I, um, like four, three, four other people. Yeah, three, four other people, and then um, I'm just going to go back to the group and just say on a basic post, hello. Um, happening now. Yeah. yeah, five people going. Well, this is the time you posted. 530 yeah. we're we haven't hit our uh time yet so this is still it's not 530 uh, it is five. well it was that's what i'm saying your time yeah, was yeah. all correct here your time was all correct here okay right 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 yeah I'm, I'm just i'm just uh i'm just post i just doing a quick post and uh anyway yeah i mean you you've confirmed that I got it right. And also that you got the right link and that you got the right, did you have to put a password in or didn't even? No, I didn't. I did not have to put a password. In. That's such a weird thing. I noticed that it's like, I put, yeah, put password there. And then, then people say, yeah, I never have to put the password. I'm like, well, then why are they asking me to, maybe it's because I, I change it from the, from the original kind of numeric one they give me. But, well, um, it's in the link. In other words, if you click on the link that, that you provide, it's in there. Like, let me. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's totally okay. It's totally okay. You know what? Let's, let's, um, we can just, just move on. And um, yeah. would you like me to give the same introduction to myself so that you. Uh, yeah. Yes, All right, please. let's do it. So my name is, uh, my full name is Zachary Reznicek. And um, I am feeling disappointed you can imagine why in one sense but i'm also very uh thankful and really happy that you're here and this is this is it for me uh, you know whether it's 500 people or one person um i really just enjoy these conversations and you've already brought me so much um in this conversation and in my childhood oh i'm grateful for so many things my gosh i think i'll just say for now i'm really grateful for the patience of so many people, um, and especially my parents, <laughs> but just the patience, you know, uh, that people showed me. Cause I don't think I was, uh, I mean, actually, I think I probably am like, and have been like any, any child, we, we all want to learn and do things and figure things out. And, um, maybe some of us are just less conformist than others, um, or we, you know, we want to do it our way, or we're trying to figure it out. And so I really appreciate that patience. Um, so many characters and so many stories that I love. Um, I'm, I'm current, I'm just going to go out on a, on a limb here, because I, I don't think I've ever used this one. But Matt Cawthon from the Wheel of Time series. Are you familiar with the Wheel of Time? I, I haven't read it, but the TV show's coming out or the movie's coming out or something. Yeah, the TV show's coming, which has me really excited. So I'm rereading the series uh, for the third time, actually. And I'm on book 11. So it's a, it's a pretty massive, uh, massive session. And uh, book 11 has got a big part with Matt in it. And yeah, whether you know who he is or not, he's a kind of rogue character, let's say. Um, and <clears throat> what I really like about him is he's uh, let's see, I, I really, his qualities I like about him is that he, he's, he's irreverent. Um, he's got a kind of nobility to himself or he, he, he has, how do you say that? He has like a, he has a code. He's sticking to some kind mm -hmm. of a code. He's not, uh, and yet he, he, he takes a lot of chances. Um, he 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 believes that he's he's stuck in paradox constantly, people's attitude towards him, and uh, and he he's trying to do the right things, but then he puts his foot in his mouth or he uh, he he makes a strange decision, um, and it's all worked out in his head as to why he's done it, but the way that other people look at him, um, or or you know 
you know, why the hell would you do that? And he, he, I guess you could say he doesn't do it the safe way. He does it. He, he tries to do or take a chance to do something special or different because he is thinking kind of large scale. And, and as stories go that he usually gets in trouble for it, but ultimately it, it, it turns out. And then it's, it's all, he always gets a, it's thankless, right? When it actually comes down to it. And this is classic, uh, this is classic story writing and, and pretty good, good story writing at that is that, you know, if he hadn't done it the way he did it, a whole bunch of great things wouldn't have happened. But along the way, it affected a number of people in, in perhaps a negative way so that when it comes down to it, no one comes and thanks him for it. And so he's constantly in this position of, man, I, I, I went through all this to try to make that happen and, and no one really sees that. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I love that about him. And at the same time, he just stays at being himself. And I think that that's uh, so important. I think individuality, um, he's flawed. Yeah, I like I like I like how he's flawed and and uh, he just he keeps going. I think there's also the other thing is that he, he he's he's dedicated to his friends and he he keeps going. He doesn't he doesn't let uh, things get him down. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, he's a, like for that for that he has a consistency and uh, a persistency. I don't know is persistency a word or can we just say persistent? Mm -hmm. Persistence, yeah. I like persistency. That's interesting. So are you, uh, I've heard you use the word literary form a couple of times. Are you an English teacher or that's just a thing, something that you said? Uh, um, no, I, um, I was an English major at UCLA, but uh, no, I teach um, games and game design. Okay. And that's, uh, where do no, you do close. that? Right. So uh, there's a number. So I posted a bit of my bio in the, in the Facebook group. Um, so <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I just did a couple hours ago. Um, so right now I am teaching at a homeschool environment, uh, and I have two classes board and card game design and uh, science through LARPing live action mm -hmm. role playing. Um, so, uh, they're learning science and science concepts through some LARPs that I designed. Um, and then, um, the younger kids, uh, are making board, making their own board and card games that are going to get printed and public, I should say public, pr printed and give it to them. So I'm making an actual thing that they designed and uh, they'll get to keep it. Um, I am designing curriculum or I don't know if, I'm going to say curriculum or programs for a LARP summer camp, uh, Guardian Adventures on the East Coast. Um, so I'm working for them, designing uh, some of their program stuff. And then I also, um, Although I'm not working like right now on it, but but I'm on a three-year project um, uh, working for the Game Academy, which is 501c3 nonprofit near the Bay Area. Um, they got they worked with UC Santa Cruz's Social Emotional Technology Lab and got a 1.2 million dollar National Science Foundation grant to make a um, summer camp that teaches uh, programming and computing and some other and engineering st some STEM subjects to middle. The target demographic is middle grade uh, girls using a LARP structure. So it's like a one week LARP where they pretend they're part of a kind of secret academy that can travel through dimensions um, and they use wearable technology. So they're using um, like micro bits and, or Arduino, it's micro bits, but you think like Arduinos and they um, put it into fabric in clothing in some way to communicate uh, certain things. And um, so they're learning programming and they're learning sewing and fashion and use design um, sort of stuff all through a camp experience, one week camp experience. So it's a three-year program. Um, the idea at the end of the three years is there'll be a camp in a box. We're calling it camp in a box that anybody can get and run. It'll have all the materials in it um, wow. to run for this camp. So it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm super excited. I initiated that. I started that. Through the LARPing career, I ended up talking to the lab and um, uh, we didn't and, and got them. And I told them at the end, because I was going to get them to help make a for fun LARP. But at the end of this conversation with one of the grad students at the lab, I said, oh, yeah, and I'm part of the Game Academy, which is a nonprofit in the Bay Area. And they do uh, gaming summer camps, role playing games, summer camps. Right. So Dungeon Dragons, after school enrichment and summer camps. 
And I was on the board of the game Academy at the time. And I said, you know, maybe we could do something. And that was like at the end of this conversation of this meeting. And the grad student was like, this is awesome. Let's keep talking. And I ended up talking to uh, Professor Isbister, Catherine Isbister. And um, she's like, yeah, this sounds great. So we kept talking and then like, let's do a grant. And so I said, you know, let's go big. So I went like really big on this whole concept. The first year we, we didn't get it, but then she reapplied, made some changes to the grant and got it from the wow. National Science Foundation. So it was like, whoa. So I left the board of the Game Academy to be, be an employee because it's a nonprofit. And I could have stayed on the board, but I wanted to, you know, kind of just be an employee and get paid. So I'm one of the designers uh, on the project. And so either this weekend, like right now, or next weekend or something, they're running a second iteration, second play test of the camp in, I should know this, I just meant, it's not Berkeley. Uh, I forgot where it is, but it's up in the Bay Area. Nice. I forgot already. So but wait, they're doing the second, second one. Yeah, go ahead. So no, I designed it, but they're running it. That's awesome. I'm so excited for you and one for them. The it's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. It's super cool. It's super cool. <laughs> yeah, so I, I see those links and I'll, uh, and we'll, we'll make sure that we put the links uh, down in the podcast so people can check that out. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm looking here. You've de you've des described wow. You've described a lot of it in our in our group. So cool. Um, nice. I'm 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 thrilled to 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 be meeting you and um, and to to hear about this because um, of course this is such a amazing new direction to be going and right at the time that and you're you're looks like you're doing a lot of tech stuff which is interesting because you know there's one part which is keeping things maybe more organic tabletop outside um building with your hands and then you have these like wearables coding a whole other element how, how, how do you feel about the the difference or the blending between tech and more you know let's say outside and just uh old old skills old uh crafting you know where, where do those things merge for you or, or how do you um, separate them uh well um the in general when i'm teaching one of the things i like to do is i don't or i don't want to do is compartmentalize subject matter so that the tech and the history and language all go together in crafting to me, you know, it's more like topic or story narrative based. And then all these things, all these subjects in schooling, or at least in education become part of the narrative. And so the, the blend on, on that is that tech can help facilitate to crafting and skills, uh, you know, crafting skills and communication between people and empathy between people and understanding of yourself. Um, the, you know, it can help or hinder it. And I've, I've found a lot of times that um, when you divorce these things, that's like tech is just tech for tech's sake, or math is math for math's sake, or science is science for science's sake, many times for a lot of people, they, they lose interest if, if it's not attached to emotions. And so one of my sound bites that I frequently say when I use LARPing for education is that uh, when emotional baggage is attached to facts, the retention is better and the understanding is better. And so my job as an educator that I'm trying to do is attach emotional baggage to the things that they learn. So for example, one of the first, the first LARP I ever designed was uh, um, uh, Star Seekers, and it was for a sixth grade uh, class, and they were on a spaceship, and and they would be learning math, and the idea was to try and have the students remember fractions or decimals, whatever they had to learn in their sixth grade math, not because the teacher told them and gave them a test and a quiz, but because they used it to save the ship from whatever crisis, the narrative, you know, the fiction, so that you use the math in a fictional setting and it doesn't become abstract. Some people get into that. Obviously some people totally just love the numbers and manipulating numbers, but a lot of people don't. And so I feel that, you know, 
crafting things and making things stories, even if it's a story, if it's not an actual physical thing, but you're making a story through a character's interactions, help give you a motivation for learning the science or the math, whatever the tech is, if you want to call it that. Um, and and it, I think you'll retain it better because you have a reason for doing it. You, you did this for a reason, not I made it because this was, you know, the homework assignment, something like that. Sure, Does sure. that answer your question? I'm, I'm um, hoping that answers your question. Kind of, kind of. I, I'm. Uh, I could try yeah, again. No, no. It, it answers. It answers it. In, it answers like something else that's important to me, which is is yeah. Like, what's what's motivating about about doing about working with role playing games uh, in education? Um, but I'm also just wondering about. Um, uh, so yeah, the more specific thing I'm I'm asking is there's a lot of tech in schools or there's a push, you know, when I go to a, when I go to an education conference and I go through the hall of, of stuff and people and, and um, programs and toys and whatever, there's, there's one set of booths that's usually for the primary school. That's like all these wooden toys and really earthy things and, and real experiential and smells and tactile and then when you start moving up into secondary or into middle school, it's like computers, programs, apps, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and there's a kind of, uh, it, it sort of disappears and there's all these people, you know, you got to get this and you got to download that and it's connected with this program. And, and, and what, I, what I feel with RPGs and a lot of reason why uh, kids come to work with me and parents send their kids to me, um, my workshops are four hours, they're generally four hours uh, at a time. And it's because we're not on the computer. There's just no computer, right? There's a, actually, there's a computer there. And, and what, it, what I actually have, I have a computer hooked up to a larger screen. And it just has a, a background of, of pictures that I've taken over the years. And now it's many years of just, uh, you know, people playing and doing whatever they're doing, terrain building, um, LARPing, uh, foam sword battling, tabletopping. And that just is on a slideshow so that they see themselves and they see others and different things. Um, and then if we really have a question and we want to go ask, um, you know, Miss Google or whatever, or, you know, want to search something up and, and, and look at something, it's there, but it literally it's, it's, it's over in another room or it's like in the same room, but an extension. And otherwise we do everything without, you know, no phones. No, it's, it's, kind of tech less it's, a, it's an opportunity to, to really um unplug right? yeah and, it's and a so, it's a real not virtual is what it sounds like it's not in front of a screen into a virtual world absolutely not as much as right yeah it's it's and it's, it's go outside it's you know make something literally like terrain build and make things i have mark coming in cool let's let's get somebody somebody new in here I'm going to have to head out at 6.30. Okay. For sure. So nice. Well, if, a... if it'll continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, let's see what's, see what's going on. Um, so we're... Hello, Mark. Can you hey there. <clears throat> Sorry I'm late. I was attending a memorial for a dear friend. Oh, oh bless. Thank How... you for coming. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for joining us. And we don't have a large group, but uh, but it's a it's a nice group. You you make it look cozy in all your gear there. You're making like <laughs> Colorado. Okay. And Aaron and Mark, do you know each other? We do. Oh, that's great. Where do we know each other, Mark? Um, you worked more more with Aaron Pernak, uh, Renaissance Adventures. Oh, okay. Right, I think, I think you had more communications with uh, Renaissance measures. You're in oh yeah California. yeah 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 yeah. I knew I recognized your name. Yeah. Oh, you were doing yeah. the yeah. You guys had the ad in Lurk World Magazine. Um, did we? You did. I don't know. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Aaron Piernak. Yeah, you're like outside Denver, right? Is it Arvada or somewhere? Uh, Boulder, Boulder, Colorado. Boulder, and we, mm -hmm. and we do Renaissance Adventures. Denver. The uh, live action role playing adventure yes. quest with kids. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I don't think we've met, or at least not okay. in virtual. Yeah. 
not not cool. not officially okay. other than right, some emails cool. i think yeah um, all right but good, awesome. good to see you yeah, yeah. <clears throat> welcome so we Thank so you. it's just been it's just been aaron and i so far i actually got to I, I felt like we got a kind of mini mini podcast introduction into what uh aaron aaron's doing and um and uh yeah it's it, you know, I, I put this together just to get it started. I didn't know if I'd get, you know, 30 people or three people or, you know, uh, for me, it's just kind of, it's been always like that, just getting things turning and getting things rolling and, and see what can happen. And, and there's obviously groups that are much further along and more organized. And um, again, this is just me trying. So I really appreciate you guys showing up. Um, and um, Mark, yeah, I really go for it. I, I just want to say I really appreciate the uh, focus of your book and you. that you're working, you've been working with kids, uh, bringing role playing into a school environment, which is difficult. You know, it's more difficult than a more, you know, I'm doing what can be perceived as recreation with the kids. You know, they're, they're LARPing out outside with foam swords and uh, whatnot. But um, I, I know all the experiential education effects and outcomes that we're aiming for with our work but i think it's much harder bringing it into a scholastic scholastic setting and you know trying to tie it in with different <clears throat> educational goals uh, of a school so uh and i'm glad you're doing it thank you well thank yeah thanks so much and and uh it, it's uh it's been a very natural uh or organic process maybe is a better way to say it um i don't know how natural well, it's been kind of natural but it, it really got inspired by, um, you know, once again, one of those situations where we had a bunch of kids that were not behaving as the school wanted, you know, what do we do with these kids who are kind of not really doing what we, what we want them to do? You know, what are we going to do? And I've just, I was one of those kids in school too. So when the, when the director said, what do you, you know, anybody want to, you know, do something with them and I just my hand just shot up like yeah, I'll do whatever and then and I said well what do you want me to do with them and at that time I was an English English teacher and head of mindfulness uh this was at green school Bali this is about seven or eight years ago and um and they said we don't care and then I, you know, like just, just anything because they, we, you know, they, they've been at the school for a while. They've done their green things, their sustainability things. They're, they're kind of bored of the things and they're a little bit punk rock and, and they're, they're young teenagers and they're just acting out. And, you know, it's totally usual stuff. It wasn't really extraordinary. And I would say it's, it's quite mild compared to, to other situations I've been in. Um, uh, in, like in inner city schools in Canada, for example. Um, so when so when it came down to it, um, you know, I said, "What do you what should what should I do with them? You know, did they have a program?" They said, "No, it doesn't matter. Like you can do anything." And I said, "And it just came, it just popped in my mind. Like, can I teach them how to play Dungeons and Dragons?" And they're like, "Whatever, do it." And then that just became. And I had already had it in my my thoughts from the years before, and I'd already been kind of working on um teaching people how to play like but that was more just teaching people and adults and i thought wow you know now i can actually kind of pedagogically go at it in a totally different way and because i have control as the teacher i can actually set up long character builds i can do really deep creative writing and focus on literary form and um oh it, it, wow it, it was then I, it just set, it set my mind, uh, and I think that I, I, I'd like to inspire that in other teachers who, who have similar thoughts. It's like it just actually really ignited my mind uh, and motivated me in a, in a beautiful way because it was like, you know, how do I do this? And wow, I could do this in so many ways. And even more interesting, wow, if I had a co-teacher and, you know, it wouldn't matter what that teacher was doing, in fact, because they have their specialty and I could even be learning things too. It could be math. It could be, uh, uh, you know, it could be Spanish. We could be, we could, we could make the languages spoken in the RPGs actually different languages. And I've done a lot of that actually uh, here. We speak Bahasa Indonesian. I'm, I'm in uh, Bali. And so a lot of times I'll make the activation word of a magic item in Bahasa. 
so that, you know, yeah, they might be able to figure. So, so I have two things. It's a riddle, which I can actually put in the other language too, so that they actually get it and they can't read it or they can read part of it and be like, oh yeah, what the heck does that say? And then, and I can, so I've done that in multiple languages. So I use, you know, German, Spanish, French, Bahasa, and then some kids speak different languages because they're third culture kids or they come from different places. And, um, and so it becomes kind of decoding that, uh, yeah, anyway, it just, so that's just all, all tumbled out and I've been at it ever since. I mean, that, that just kind of, that just made me realize. And, and I think it also harkened back immediately for me to when I was a kid. And that was what kind of got me through um, the eighties and nineties uh, as a middle schooler and high schooler was to actually I was just, yeah, I was just consumed by it and super motivated. And then and I was always thinking as a kid, why is it, you know, why, why don't we do stuff like this in school? Like this is all so interconnected. And so I'm so interested in this and I'm, and it just takes the right person to kind of connect. I, I feel like connecting both worlds, you know, what is the world that we're, we are going into that kids are going into? What is the reality? And then how can we use the imagination to kind of bridge that and I think that kids are very amenable and adaptable to, they'll go for it, you know, or, or as I would, as I did in green school, you know, before I offered the class, I just talked to kids on the side and said, you know, they might let me teach this Dungeons and Dragons class, but probably not. But if they did, would you be into it? And they were like, I said, because it might have to make it a little bit kind of academic, a little, you know, we might have to do some writing and, you know, really downplayed it. And they were like, yeah, yeah, totally. I'd do that. And so just once, once we got them into it, they just, they went for it. Anyway, that's a lot about my journey, but um, uh, Mark, well, I'm, I, yeah, go for it. Go for it. I just have a quick question. So um, I know you brought in creative writing in your work. Um, did, uh, did you, um, uh, did you, in your school, did they integrate role-playing with any of the other normal subjects, you know, science, math, et cetera, or was that, were you bringing it in a little bit here and there, or was it mostly, hey, we want to engage these kids that are having a difficult time engaging with the school, and uh, you found a way to uh, really do that? It's a great question. Originally, it was that. Originally, it was like, you know, we need something that, that you know, gets, you know, gets these behavioral people to do something. And it's a little bit like mindfulness, you know, instead of bringing mindfulness to everybody, it's like, well, let's give it to the people who are, you know, having trouble focusing and, and whatnot. But it's, it's really something for everybody. Uh, a little bit like a, like a drama program. A drama program is great for everybody. A singing program is great for everybody. Art is great for everybody. So for me, it was like, you know, they were, they were targeting behavioral uh, issue, but the reality was uh, it, it was great for everybody. And by the way, by the next class, and it was all boys the first time. And then the girls totally wanted in like the, everybody, once everybody saw what was going on, it was like, Oh, I want to do that. And I think I'm, I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not some kind of great, amazing polymath, but I'm, I'm overall a kind of polymath, jack of all trades type of person. I've always thought about myself as like building a pyramid slowly, you know, and, and doing a lot of different things that slowly goes up where I've seen a lot of my friends and colleagues, they build like, you know, one really straight up structure that's very focused. I've, I've been, and, and that's, you know, of course, as a kid, it was like, he's never focused, but yeah, that's because I was always in a little bit of everything. So in school, that's how I am as a teacher. You know, I, I, I can have sub lessons of, especially things like astronomy or poetry or geology or uh, language or etymology, epistemology, like any, anything, history, I will go any direction. So I would say I'm kind of like a one man band in that sense, but then finding other teacher gamers, that's been a big thing for me is like, I believe that there's at least uh, you know, two or three teacher gamers in any, any giant school, and probably even more now after this COVID thing, I, I think there's even more teacher gamers. And I think it's about getting those people together to co-teach, especially, but also anybody who's even curious, like take your teacher gamer, and get somebody else who's curious about gaming, and pull them in and start to, to make these puzzles, make school more into like puzzles and play. 
so that um, so that it isn't just one person. Um, and and it, it you know talking to teacher gamers, they're they're so they're so they're such exciting people because they I feel like they are drawing from so many parts of their lives, and they're not just that you know single subject thing. And then it becomes what we call now like transdisciplinary, right? So you're to teach something, we can start involving involving all these different subjects, and I think that that's super exciting. Awesome. <clears throat> so I've well, posted. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just I, I really feel that role playing, whether it's live action or tabletop, um, has an incredible opportunity for kids, especially when you've got uh, uh, someone with some wisdom and experience uh, leading it. And so when an adult teacher is leading for a group of kids, you can really, um, you know, be coaching them in a very, uh, you know, non-threatening way and creating all these different learning opportunities for them to learn the kinds of skills that are really tough to learn as a kid and a teen. And that normally you don't learn very well in school. Like, how do we stand up for ourselves and communicate and negotiate win-wins, you know? Um, how do we make decisions and deal with the consequences? And of course, ethical dilemmas, all of that comes into play with role-playing. And uh, I know, you know, I, I resonate with what you said that it was an integral part of your youth, um, Zach, and it was for me too. I think it kind of was a lifesaver for me in totally. uh, high school to find it. And it was an outlet for me when I was pretty depressed and uh, introverted and insecure. And all of a sudden, you know, D&D became this incredible uh, world to express myself in and to uh, really express my creativity and intellect and, uh, uh, you know, collaboration with, with my friends. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited uh, for anything that's going to help bring it out uh, and, and make it a little bit more accessible to kids and teachers and whatnot. Nice. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to also uh, bring in Peter Jung. He's just arriving. And um, I'm going to repost in the chat uh, a kind of way for us to check in with, uh, with uh, each other. And um, here comes Peter. <clears throat> But uh, have a look in your chat. Um, I'm going to have you do a check-in with us, Mark. Do you see that there? Oh, a chat. Yeah. Oh, I see. I'm just going to. Thank you. Hi, Peter. Welcome. Hi. How's it going? Not too bad. I'm going to direct oh. you to the to the chat real, the, just a little chat thing where we're going for a just going for a check-in so we get to know a little bit about you as you uh, come into the come into the zone this podcast has been broken into multiple parts to make the download faster you have reached the end of a part but not the end of the complete podcast so please check your library for the next part of this podcast <laughs>